starts today, you fucking maggot motherfucker. <laughs> Stop blaming everything on everybody. And fucking American society and the fucking iPhone. Fuck you and the fucking iPhone. Fuck you and fucking Facebook. Fuck you and social media. It's all about you, you dumb motherfucker. Get up, grab your balls. Hug your wife, kiss the kid. Pick up the fucking dog. Stop it. Stop it. It's not all Obama's fault. You don't want a bowler? Take your vitamin C, you dumb motherfucker. You don't want ISIS to fuck with you? Stay in New Jersey. But stop your fucking crying. You're a fucking American, you fucking douchebag. Start acting like it. That's it. You're a fucking American. Motherfucker. The end. Boom. Here we are. Here we are. Yep. We're recording. Back again. I think it's episode 154. Man. Got the dogs stepping on the microphones and the I know. phones and the They're they're in a special mood right now. <laughs> they just want to be involved. Yep. I it's did fun. It. It's fun. So So here we are, back from our survival course last weekend. That's right. We don't have Z with us for the Pokemon update. Sorry, anyone who's tuning in strictly for the Pokemon update. We could always just have you guys record it later on and yeah. splice it in if we're that worried about it. I'm not that worried about it. Right. So I just wanted to warn people. Just let them know. But no, you don't want to keep anybody in suspense. Yeah, yeah, in case they're just, you know, your day's hinging on it. Like, you have to find something else for it to hinge on. just want to be up front. But, uh... <laughs> No misleading here on that grumpy guy. Yes. Podcast. So, yeah, he's catching up on some sleep. Like I said, I had a sleepover. Staying up to one thirty at his grandma's house with his cousin. And, uh, yeah. So. Speaking, you know, it's funny on the way over here. Speaking of sleep, I was thinking to myself. Because normally I, I sleep for like six to seven hours. Yeah. It's just kind of how it shakes out. I thought to myself, like, man, you know what? Tonight... I'm gonna try to. I'm just gonna try to sleep as much as I can. I'm gonna go because I like to wake up early. I, I I just like to wake up early and start yeah. my day, man. Like even you know today, during the week I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. Today I woke up at five. That's sleeping in for me. But like tomorrow, because my body kind of naturally wakes up around that time, five ish, almost every day. If I don't set the alarm for four, I'm gonna try to get to bed. Like, as early as fucking possible tonight, like seven o'clock. Yeah, you know, and just like man, see what like, happens. See if I can sleep that long. <laughs> you know, I was listening to actually just this week Matt Frazier. I don't know if you know who he is. He's CrossFit a, guy, five times yeah. you know, CrossFit Games champion. Like, Doesn't I he look like I, Nick Henny a little I, bit. Is what's that? that? Doesn't he look like Nick Henny a little bit? He does. A okay, little bit, a little cool. bit. Like I basically have like a man crush on that dude. Like he, he's he's a fucking beast. And uh, but he was on JRE this week. Oh okay. And it was I was a little worried going into that interview because. Let's be honest, like, Joe doesn't really know shit about working out. No. He's just a fucking knucklehead. Yeah. And he doesn't know anything about CrossFit. Yeah. I was like, how's this conversation going to go? <laughs> you know, because Matt Frazier, is like, he, he took second place for two years in a row, and then for the past five years, he's taken first place. Like, he's the most dominant CrossFit athlete there's ever been. It's like, man, how are these worlds going to collide? I was like, I could see Joe trying to tell him how to work out, and this just being a terrible fucking conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was really good. But, uh... I digress. He talked about when he was training, like in, in, a, in right in the middle of all his training, like he would try to sleep for like ten hours a night. Oh yeah, you know, just because he's training so hard and how important that was. I was like, man, ten hours, ten hours of sleeping compared to my six. I was like, there is a big gap there. I'm not saying me sleeping an extra four hours is going to turn me into Matt Frazier, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but, and I'm not even saying that's physically possible on most days. Just from the time I get home to work yeah. to the time I get up. 
But I was like, hmm. I got to I got to experiment. I'm always experimenting with myself. Yeah. I got to see what happens if I maybe even get like eight or nine hours. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, so my bedtime tonight's like seven. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> that isn't fucking around, man. Dude, that's going to be like, you know, five o'clock is going to be ten hours in bed. So. I bet, I bet you is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to say seven. It'll probably be like 738. But I'll probably wake up at like fucking two in the morning, <laughs> wide awake, like like let's go. Yeah, you just got to uh, just fucking stay, force yourself. That's quitter talk. Force, if you get, if you get out of like bed, bed, man, yeah, it's quitting. You, you got to get your time. It was uh, one of the I forget where I saw it, but somebody was doing a presentation on sleep, and it was a study that they did on uh, some college basketball players. And they just had him. It was like, because when you say 10 hours of sleep, like, what does that mean exactly? Is that, you know, 10 hours of actually being asleep? Or is that 10, 10 hours, hours in bed? bed? Yeah. Is that, you know, how are you defining that? And I, I would say most people define that as like time in bed. Like not a literal, hmm. like, you know, I'm wearing a Fitbit or something that's literally counting, you know, estimating the time that I'm asleep. And I am actually scoring, you know, ten hours on this oh. metric. You know what I mean? Cause okay, because that, that's that's how I'm. Because I wear my Fitbit to bed. I don't wear a Fitbit every day, but yeah. I wear it to bed. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm basing. Like I tell you that I get five six hours of sleep a night. Yeah, I'm going off the data off of that. Right. Whether how accurate that is, who knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, but that's okay. the thing is that's the only way to tell is if you're if you're to say like no no, no actual sleep time we have to have something that's measuring actual sleep time. And so is that what you're, are you talking about actual sleep time or are you just talking about time in bed? And so the, the study looked at nine hours time in bed and, you know, it's like, no, you guys have to be in bed for nine hours every night. And anyways, that was a, a you know, found that it increased performance and all these other things. So, um, but I thought that was important, you know, or interesting distinction as far as like, all right, it's, it's valuable even just, dude, you're in bed for nine hours. Like even if you're not asleep the whole time or whatever, you're there's still benefit to just laying there for long periods of time. So, anyways, so yeah, when you're, I don't think you have to score ten hours on your Fitbit. <laughs> That'd be pretty tough. That'd be tough. Yeah, because you're not gonna score a hundred percent. You know, or you know, hundred percent of the time that you're in bed, you're not gonna be asleep. And so you're, you gotta, man, even on like the best night, I'd say you'd have to account for like half an hour to an hour of not sleeping, falling asleep, waking up restless time, whatever. That's how it is for me. Generally, it falls somewhere between there 30 to 60 minutes of not sleeping time. Yeah. Not, not, you know, from the time I go to bed, the time I get out of bed. Yeah. It's, I usually, you know, if I'm laying in bed for seven hours. There's usually, I log five and a half to six hours of sleep, yeah. whatever it is. So, yeah. 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 So, so if you're going to get 10, like you're going to be <laughs> looking at like, like 11 <laughs> to 12 hours, man, you that's know? A, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. So I think really if you're trying to score that high sleep, like that's where naps would come in. Because, man, it's just, it's uh, hard to bang out that much sleep in one stretch. So if you got, you know, eight hours at night and then you took a two-hour nap during the day which is what a lot of athletes do it's 
well. Like I'd be, you know, I'm, I'll almost guarantee you that he was taking naps. As to, like how that fit into the whole thing, whether yeah, that he was including taking, that or probably that was taking just, naps in the training, in between training fucking sessions. Guarantee, yeah. man, whether he was counting that towards his sleep total or not. Like I'll guarantee you, he was taking naps. And yeah, I didn't even think about that. That that would make sense because if he's training a couple times a day. After morning training session, he gets home and eats and then relaxes. That's your job, man. Yeah, that's yeah, that was that's your job. job for five years. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's train and recover, and so like that's all you do, and it's everything that you you know taking naps, fucking eating perfectly, uh, you know even when you're not just like you know recovery, like all the stuff that goes into it, and uh, but yeah, the naps are are definitely. You know, I'll guarantee you were part of it. But that, that's a more realistic way to accumulate, like, that much sleep is through two, you know, the long sleep at night and then a nap uh, during the day, which is, man, what do they call that? Because that's uh, the other thing, there was a thing when about uh, you'd wake up in the middle of the night, like, at two, and then you would, like, do shit. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a word because there was an old timey thing they used to do. Yeah, yeah. God, well, there was a word for it. A matter of term, I can't remember what it is right now. Right, yeah. But what was funny is that I was talking to probably the same guy that was doing the presentation that I was referencing. But you know, he's some sort of sleep expert, and I asked him about that, and I, I said, you know, what about this? You know, and I used the term, which basically means like you know, going to sleep, waking up, and going back to sleep, and you know, blah blah blah. And he's like, yeah, it's taking a nap. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that is, that is. if you, yeah, taking a nap is another form of this, you know, two sleeps, double sleep uh, pattern. And so like humans, you know, probably are set up to be optimized through, uh, through that. So whether you're doing it at night or whether you're doing that through the day, but yeah, so that would be, uh, I'll be interested to see what your, I mean, because obviously it's something you won't be able to sustain no. throughout the whole week, but having one day a week where you dedicate, like, no, I'm going to make sure that at least one day a week my body is going to get all the sleep that it, you know, needs to help it recover or whatever. So. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. You might not feel as addicted to Kratom. <laughs> possible. <laughs> it is possible. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So. I did order a new strain of crazy called Trainwreck. <laughs> yeah, I was did there you order some? came across it. I haven't ordered it yet. So sixty dollars for a kilo. With, with tax and shipping, the whole nine yards is like sixty nine dollars. Yeah, for two point two pounds of kratom. It's fucking crazy, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It is awesome. If you're, you got the, if you know you're gonna invest in a bunch of kratom, that'll last, that'll last quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> two pounds of kratom for yeah, myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like, uh, yeah, it's good shit. It's cheap. Cheap. Fucking. So, anyways, we're fans. It's not like Adderall. I won't fail a drug test. I work for it. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. It's that weird. That again. That that article that I'd seen that I told you about a couple of times, where like the whoever was requesting that Kratom be put on the banned substance list had actually withdrawn their request, but like. The, the government, like, nobody just said anything and just continue to let everybody assume that it was still on this, like, suspected list. And, but, uh, yeah, now it seems like people are like, no, 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 you can just take it. Because a couple of years ago, like, I forget, when we, when did you start? When did you get During my, yes, two years ago. Two years ago. My knee surgery. 
Yeah, like you, you yeah. couldn't say that it was for human consumption. It was for making incense. Remember the shit that we bought, like specifically yeah, said, not right. for human consumption. And, and the websites were all funny and would refer to like the effects that you would get, but be referring to it as like the aromas from the 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 kratom produces right. energetic highs. And I forgot, but now, now that's completely changed. Now they're just like. That so that kratom I just ordered it from a company called Yo Kratom. Yeah, and they're advertising on podcasts and shit. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie though. It was a few weeks back. I got popped for a random drug test at work, and uh, there was a little bit of me as I come. Like, huh, I wonder if kratom's gonna pop up on this thing. I wonder if it's gonna pop up as some sort of like methamphetamine or something. It, well, I, it, no news is good news. You know, yeah. this was like a month ago, and I, I never heard anything. I mean, I wasn't really concerned about it, but there was a right. little bit of. A little bit of doubt in my mind that I was, why I was sitting in the waiting room to go pee in this cup. I was like, "Will Kratom make me fail my drug test?" I was searching it, <laughs> but I think we're okay. Yeah, I still have a job, so yeah, it's not, I don't think it's it's uh, there yet. But yeah, hopefully it's not like eating poppy seed yeah. uh, muffins or whatever and peeing hot for opium or whatever. The is that the shit? Is that yeah, what poppy happens? seeds and heroin? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, that might just be some old fucking bullshit. I don't know. Maybe, man. I remember my stepdad, though. He uh, he probably still does it because he works in the airline industry as an inspector for Weststar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, man, he can't even... Like, there can't be a sniff of anything on his drug test, like, when you're working in that industry. So, I remember as a kid, him being like, can't have poppy seed muffins or or bagels or whatever because of that so he would uh i mean that's how i knew about it because mm-hmm. it was it was a thing like if you got an everything bagel it was like exactly got poppy seeds on it can't eat it so hmm. apparently he believes it enough to actually follow it i see i i still i think that's one of those things that was common before the internet yeah and then when, once the internet this was pre-internet yeah and for then sure. once you can search things and really find good information like okay you know, there's a, there's a lot of shit we believed in like that as a kid. Yeah. That we've come to find out. It's like, no. That's not how this works at all. <laughs> it is true. It is true. So, but uh, anyway, speaking of things that do work and fucking work all the time, we went to our field craft survival skills workshop uh, last weekend. And uh, we haven't actually talked since then. I mean, we drove no. back and, you know... We talked about a bunch of shit. You dropped some Bitcoin education on me for a while, which was enlightening. But uh, so, yeah, man, what like what did you think of the overall? I think it thing? was a uh, great experience. You know, it just showed me all the skills I do not have to survive in the wilderness. Yeah, I failed the fire making test. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that still bugs me. <laughs> I know it does. I'm gonna practice, you know. You know, in my backyard, I got a, I got a burn barrel, and I got a little concrete slab out there. So, yeah, you know, some of the skills they showed you how to just with your knife, not even you know really proper tools, just a knife and one match, you know, or you know your ferro rod and your knife, and just uh, see if you can get it done. Because in theory, it sounds easy. Fuck yeah, but it's it's a it's a time consuming thing. It all depends on how much your how big your attention span is. You know, because if you take, because the test they gave us was you had one little log and your knife. Like a quarter, like a quarter yeah, of a log. Co- yeah, a quarter of a log. Your log, it was split, just yeah. a tiny a, a piece. And you had to use your knife 
and get that down into, you know, really small, like kindling, and then step it up a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and then build a little fire pile, and then use your... Fer- oh, they gave us a match. Oh, match. but, you know, we did have, we did a test with our ferro rod, you know, to make sure we could use that. Well, they gave us tinder for that. They gave us tinder for that. We was able to... <laughs> you broke yours. I broke my ferro rod. <laughs> I've learned that using your, your knife and your ferro rod, you don't have to press it like a gorilla. You just, a little bit of finesse goes a long ways. A so, I know that was, it was funny, man. All of a sudden, you're like, I broke my rod. It's like, what? I mean, luckily, everybody had fucking, like, Extras. extra rods. And, uh... But yeah, we had to do it right-handed, left-handed, and then one-handed, one-handed, which was good. And I was able to get all that going. Yep. But then they gave us the 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 one one stick or the one stick one stick challenge, challenge or one stick fire. Yeah, that's what or uh, yeah, one stick fire. And they, yeah, you get one match, one of those sweet ones, the uh, storm matches or whatever the fuck the ones you can like dunk in water and they'll keep burning. So they're gonna burn. But uh, yeah, that that was. Uh, I tried to fucking start a fire Sunday, even using uh, newspaper with the ferro rod. <clears throat> Man, I couldn't get it to catch and go. Well, like, starting newspaper with a ferro rod is hard. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, if you, a ferro rod works best if you have one of those little pieces of like the tinder. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like some dried up grass or leaves. Like it, do getting. Uh, newspaper star with a ferro rod. That's that's a tall task. Again, man, but it's good to fucking. It's good to know that. Know that ahead of time. Like, because okay. if you're if you're riding on that in your survival situation, you're yeah. gonna be sorely disappointed. Yes, that's gonna so, be. Yeah, that's not gonna play. That's not gonna pan out. I heard uh, Kevin, the guy, one of the guys running the course. Like he was talking to someone, and he said that really, like the the point of the one stick uh, fire challenge is to show people the importance of carrying some tinder. Like, you know, that you need, if you don't have uh, some pre-made tinder that's going to burn. That's going to ignite quickly. Yeah, it's going to ignite quickly and burn for a bit, you know, long enough to get some <clears throat> of the other stuff going. Um, that it's hard, you know, because you you having to break down wood to the point that it can act as that tinder does, you know, and kindling and all that. That it's a lot more effort and not as reliable. Yeah, just think about like if you were stranded in the mountains, freezing your fucking ass off, and then you're and you didn't have any tinder, and you're trying to break wet wood down to small enough pieces yeah. to get it started with a ferro rod or even a lighter. Yeah, good fucking luck, man. Good luck. You know, man. Your hands are freezing. Like you, you lose a lot of dexterity when your hands get cold. Like it gets miserable. Yeah. Yeah. So go, going in prepared with a lighter and matches and tinder, like you're yes. gonna set yourself up for success, man. Yeah. Well, I was thinking. I mean, if you think about how, how uh, different, because we both got the tinder lit with a ferro rod. Yeah. And so, like the the. A different experience and like lighting that and we're sitting there doing it like one-handed you know yeah. what i mean like oh look at me i can do it one-handed and then it comes to like trying to light a fire without that you know we even had a match and like oh shit this is you know harder and of course everyone else in the class who we, we probably collectively had the least experience with doing that shit of anyone oh yeah for in sure. that class yeah and uh except for maybe our buddy the computer nerd guy it was uh, sitting next to us. Yeah. But anyways, um, he had the benefit of watching everyone else. Because we were the first ones to go. I just went first, man. yeah, because I remember Kevin and Austin asked me, they're like, you ready to give it a shot? I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's try it. They're like, yeah. they're like, 
that doesn't instill us with a lot of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, hey, man, I'm here to learn. Yeah. Like, if I fail, I fail at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to see what works. Like, how much time did I have to put into this? I broke it up pretty small. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, running I was confused. I didn't break it down into... Um, I didn't get tender going. Like my, I, my attention span was went, you know, Wayne. I was like, okay, this is fucking small enough, man. Like, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. I didn't know how much time we were supposed to invest. I was like, okay, fuck it. Yeah. Was, I was a little confused with the the instructions, and then they were like, oh, you you know, you want to try it? Oh, that's looking great. And so I'm thinking like, oh, I'm looking good. And then everyone else who was successful had actually taken Super and shaved, shaved it. Had gotten some shavings to start it. I seen one guy cheated and took some dry grass. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Hey, it was like there. It had, yeah, yeah, so I didn't break it down to that level yeah. because that wasn't necessarily, you know, again, I have excuses. I have to give myself an excuse <laughs> for failure. It's the only way that I can live with myself. So, but anyways, uh, so yeah, but once, you know, I saw what other people were doing. I was like, oh, okay. But man, my big takeaway from that is like lighting a fire is not as easy as it sounds. Like It's a skill set. It's a skill. Yeah. Like I remember at my old house, we had a fireplace and like trying to light a fire in that thing, the first time I did it was a miserable failure. Like I had to figure out like, oh yeah, you got to, you know, start with the paper and then you get this size and then this size and like a lot of stuff they were talking about, like if you've ever actually like just lit a fire in a fireplace without using one of those like Duraflame logs or something like that but actually like you know old school like okay that's yeah there's the stages of the fire like you instinctively have to figure out like you got to start with something that is going to burn quickly and easily and then you get something that's going to burn a little bigger it's going to last a little longer just a little bit longer and you get something just a little bit longer yeah there's this process and then you get up to the logs that uh, we'll burn for a while. Yeah. And and so that was, you know, I saw that and I was like, okay, once I've realized, like, oh, this is like the, the fireplace thing, but I didn't have newspaper and a match or, you know, lighter like I did at uh, home. So I failed the fucking one stick test. And yeah, like I said, like trying to get that ferro rod, I was like, okay, that's good to know. Like, so I went and put tinder. That was one of the things that came in my battle box was these, uh, um, they're like pieces of paper they're covered in wax and so you got to scrape the wax off uh you know so it keeps it waterproof or whatever but i mean they're super thin so you can fold them up and so i stuffed one in my my hip bag uh well, i remember that little survival tin i made you yep there's a little yep. thing in there yeah I that thing lights and burns good dude yeah yeah i, yeah. I haven't tried lighting that with a ferro rod yet I'll have to try that. Mm. I've, lit, I've lit it with, you know, you put a lighter to it. That's yeah. a, I've used them out in my burn barrel because you know, I bought a whole little tub of them. Yeah. I want to see how they work and uh, do they work really good. I mean, you can you can literally throw that thing in a cup of water and light it on top of the water and it'll light and stay burning. So it's it works nice. Hmm. Awesome. And here is Z. Yes. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? All right. So, well, anybody that tuned out at the beginning because they thought that my proclam- my, my prediction that we weren't going to have a Pokemon update is missing out. Is missing out. So, if you stuck with us, it's uh, Z is here. He's he's awake and he's got a a Pokemon to share with us. So, what's up, buddy? Hey. Hey. So, what you got for us? Dreadnought. Ooh, sweet. What's he do? Uh, it his attacks are 
Vice Bite, which does 60 plus damage, and Jaw Lock, which does 130 damage. It has 130 hit points, and it's a, wa a water type. Uh, it evolves from Choodle, which is its first stage. Choodle? It's rare. And the little thing on the bottom says, this, this Pokemon rapidly extends its retractable neck to sink its sharp teeth, to, to sink its sharp fangs into distant enemies and take them down. Dang. Sounds brutal. He looks like a Triceratops and a turtle with a mushroom head. You, you, said, you said a turtle next... No, a... Marshmallow head with a turtle with a marshmallow head mixed with the rhino. Yep. That's what, it, that's what it looks like to me. It's cool. I like it. So, yeah, you had a sleepover with your Nana. Stayed up all super late. What'd you do up? What'd you do to. Why you were staying up so late? Listen to stories and talk. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Anything else? You had two days off school this week. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't what, really... What was the two days off school for? I don't know. Teacher's Did service day or some shit? Yeah, I mean, spring break's coming up. <clears throat> so, it was funny. Yeah, I know, was it yesterday? Was it yesterday or two days ago? It was the one-year anniversary of sports, like the NBA. Shutting down. Shutting down, yeah. and that was like the first domino that fell, and then like... Yeah, and then they went, they released them for spring break, which is like a week away. Or like next week they'll go, and then the week after that's the start of spring break. And then they just never... They didn't go back. They didn't go back after spring break. So yeah, it was a year ago. It's crazy to all, think about. Like, whoa, dude, what's happening? What's going to happen the next day? And it's been a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was where I got addicted to checking my fucking news feed. I used to never, I had never checked my Google newsfeed or any newsfeed first thing in the morning. But, man, at that point, like, you kind of needed to know. What was going on? What was going on? Like, dude, we're running out of toilet paper. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> but as we discussed in our previous episode, may not be a necessary thing. No, man. Toilet paper is not... I will... You'll notice that that survival, wilderness survival thing, toilet paper was not super high on the priority list those things like fire and yeah life but if you're out in the wilderness having access to a bidet is going to be tough in a survival situation well so you're going to yeah. need some toilet paper yeah you're going to be uncomfortable if you don't I'm sure you can figure something out be surprised how adaptable you might be it's not going to last forever what are you going to do anyways <laughs> what do you think Z should we start packing toilet paper in our bug out bags? Yes. I have it in my bug out bag, but like my I have it should a, be part of my everyday carry. I, <laughs> if you gotta carry toilet paper with you on an everyday basis, you may need to rethink some diet choices. Um I think Okay. That's what I think. Alright, All right, man. Cool buddy. Well, anything else? Mm. No. I forget if anything got, if any other thing cool things happened.
Well. Seems like you're still trying to wake up a bit, buddy. Yeah, if you remember. Yeah, I slept almost 12 hours. We were just talking about the value of long sleep, so. Good job. Do you feel good and rested? feel like I need to sleep some more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you when the podcast is over. Thanks, okay. buddy. All right. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I think he pretty much woke up and realized we were in here. Yeah, he's like, oh, man. Oh, I got yeah, to get in there. He got some new Pokemon cards at Nana's as well, so... He had some new ones that he was ready. I could see him kind of like, there's another one that he likes. I could see him kind of like going to it, seeing if he could figure out how to sneak, sneak it in. in. Like, I got another one here. Just like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, the, the Pokemon update, which is one at a time. So I don't want to ruin this, you know. The system. Ruin it. You don't want to run out of Pokemon. I don't think that's good. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of those things. There's a lot of them. They seems come to, out seems pretty regularly with new ones. So, they've got the system figured out. People are engaged, buying stuff. So, uh, yeah, so fire skills. It's, uh, that, was, that was the toughest one, for sure. That was tough. You know, we learned some, uh, it sounds kind of funny, but we learned some uh, knife skills and whittling. Yeah. You know, of di- different techniques and how to, like, cut certain types of notches in, yeah. in, in sticks. And that was super what, interesting. And what they would be beneficial for. You know, it sounds goofy, but useful yeah you know and i mean once conceptually once you do it like okay this makes perfect sense if you were to make a stake and then you want a little notch in there so your rope hooks on there to stake your tarp down or something like it makes perfect sense like oh you know without practicing it or seeing it right you could probably kind of hack your way through it but just a you know quick little skill like that like creating a stop line and then shaving it to that stop line a little stop line and shaving it to that stop line like oh man i can make a nice little notch my my paracord would hook on there good yeah yeah man that was uh yeah that was fun i'm glad nobody drew first blood that was uh nope no one cut themselves that was good i went through fucking three knives so i had to borrow one from nate and i had to buy one because i realized that my knife's uh my knives were lacking. I didn't yeah, have no, a good. It, it was, you know, it's kind of. I feel bad a little bit because I didn't. I didn't even think about this because, like, I carry that ghost strike knife, that little skinny yeah. thing. I only carry that for like last ditch emergency because it, it it's a shitty knife. Yeah, the handle fucking sucks. Like it, it's it's bullshit. It's yeah, stu- yeah. it's stupid. And I knew that because I before I, you put an edge on it, it's not I, super sharp. I use <laughs> I use knives a lot. Yeah, and and so I came with you know the, my nice Moro knife with a nice handle. Yeah, because like if you're gonna be doing anything worthwhile out in the wilderness, you want a good beefy knife. Yeah, and I kind of took that for granted. I I, I, I should have like I didn't say anything to you like cause I just I didn't realize that that was the only you know like well no no, no I had that that gear aid one but it had the serrations yeah oh yeah and I, I think serrations fucking suck I don't, I don't like serrations on a knife yeah I, I don't there's some value to them but I I mean but they're not it's uh they're a hindrance for what we were trying to do yeah like if you're trying to do whittling at, the, at like we were doing and again if you got the skills and all you have is a serrated knife you can get it done you can get it done but me having no skills and needing some help, so I'm sitting there trying to do the first couple cuts with this because it was the, the serrations were right where you use to whittle, like those first that first inch or two uh, off the handle, and I was like, okay, this isn't gonna work, 
And so then I go to that, that ghost strike knife. <clears throat> I was like, well, this fucking isn't going to work. Yeah. And then I was like, I was just going to go buy one of those damn things and I ended up buying. But then Nate was like, no, no, here, take my fucking $350 knife. And I was like, Jesus, dude, I don't, all right. I felt nervous using a knife of that uh, quality and expense. Like, I didn't want to be responsible for something happening to it. I would definitely break something like that. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well, I mean, it was such a high quality it'd be, knife. It'd be tough to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I could see myself, like, dropping it and yeah. fucking the tip, like, chipping okay. or something fucking or whatever. Up, so, but, yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, once I got a good knife, then it was like, oh, okay. Oh, thank sense. God, man. You know, I actually went back to some of the other cuts and like cleaned them up a little bit just because my OCD was like, oh, this is fucking, I knew it wasn't good when I did it. But uh, yeah, getting a good knife, having a good sharp knife with just a good fixed blade, regular edged uh, knife is super important for your wilderness survival yep. uh, package. So that was one I learned as well and quickly rectified that problem that hole in my uh in my game yeah i've not i've never been a fan of serrated <clears throat> knives you know just yeah i mean they i think besides cutting rope yeah but beyond that man like on, on your most use cases like just a straight edge knife right you know? yeah yeah no i agree i mean i didn't buy that thing you know it came in the battle box mm-hmm. and i mean it had it you know it was sharp as fuck and so they're like oh you need a small fixed blade knife and that was really the only instruction and so I'm like well I have a small fixed blade knife I don't know what I'm using it for so I figured it'd be as good as anything but yeah I mentioned that too and I wasn't trying to make an excuse but I would uh, because you have to expect like people are beginners like you know they're coming here because they don't know necessarily a lot of this stuff and so they're going to need every advantage that they can get, which includes not having a serrated blade on their knife, mm-hmm. uh, might be good to mention just so people don't make Show that. Show up with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd rather... Because that was cool, but that was the thing is, like, I I would have rather used my knife. The, you know, like, it was cool to use Nate's knife, and then, like, you know, I went and bought one. But that's why, like, I came home and I suffered through doing one of those tri-sticks on the freaking uh, pine tree branch that I got just sap everywhere (laughs) but I wanted to use that knife because I I was like I want to try this thing I actually want to use the knife that I'm that I have that's my knife and so you know showing up and borrowing somebody's knife to do it is fine but using your own knife yeah using your own knife is I think an important part of the the experience um, in, in a course like that like yeah what is the equipment that you have and then if you don't have the right equipment, well, let's remedy that with our fucking pro shop over here. So that pro shop was dope. <laughs> it was dope, man. Yeah, I had a bunch of cool shit. Mm-hmm. I know I was like, you know, I, I don't need a two hundred dollar knife, but that thing was those knives were so nice. I was like, eh, nah, I know. And we we each bought a Moro knife with a ferro rod and the handle. Yeah. For what, thirty bucks, thirty five dollars, thirty five bucks. That's yeah, a, that's a hell of a knife, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good quality. And yeah, for thirty five bucks, you can't go wrong. No, I know they're like sunglasses. Like the two hundred dollar ones are, you know, they're nice, but you know you're gonna lose them. You know you're gonna fucking scratch them. You know something's gonna happen to them. So, 
you, you know, if you're not really willing to deal with that reality, then you can't buy stuff like that. And I'm just not really willing to deal with that reality right now. I don't have that enough. I don't have that kind of disposable income to be like, oh, I lost a $200 knife. I'd be fucking pissed. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't. Like, you know, for, for like that Moro knife is a good, high quality knife. Yeah. For $35. And you go get one of these custom made knives that are 300 if you were to blindfold somebody and give them that knife and say, hey, do this, and they're not going to be able to tell the difference. So is it just a status thing? Is it be like, look, I have a fucking special $300 <laughs> knife. You know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose? I don't know. Yeah. Re- 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 explain that to me. Then. Yeah. What is the fucking purpose of that? I would suspect on some level it becomes like uh, like holsters. Right, like as the more you get into it, the more you're like, oh, I like a knife that feels like this, or that's weighted like this, or that has like this shape of blade, and so like, just like anything else, you you can become a fucking knife nerd and really mm-hmm. dig into it, and then and then that kind of stuff has more value. You know, there is the person who's just like it is a little bit of a status symbol where you're like, oh man, yeah, I've got the three hundred dollar you know tactical knife, and but I think that a lot of people. That buy that shit probably are, you know, they're like, knife they're nerds. knife nerds, man. Yeah. yeah, and it's just they're like, man, I I can tell the difference even if they can. It's like being a fucking wine yeah. nerd. You're, you're you're probably right. That's and I don't care enough to even fucking right. go down that road. Yeah, like I want something that's going to take a beating. It doesn't have to be flashy. I don't have to have anybody look and say, man, look at that guy's knife. That's cool. Yeah, I want something that I can just beat the fuck out of. It's going to hold up. I can sharpen it and I can use it again. Yeah. And that, that's it. Those are my requirements. Yeah. And well, it's like that with guns. Yeah. Then people, what was that? The fucking. The Gucci Glocks. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that 1911 that Austin had, what do you say that thing cost? Would be like $3,800 yeah. retail. Yeah. But, you know, that's if you are, man, you know, your tri- from the, the trigger pull to, you know, where you want your grip, uh, you know, extra grip shit to like what site, all, like all of it down. And, and you're to that level, like, I once wrote an article uh, in, for mountain biking on, it was called, You're Just Not That Advanced. And it was basically saying, like, look, man, a lot of this stuff, like, most of you people are not advanced enough to be able to appreciate the differences. So you need to focus on, like, the shit that really matters, right? Like, if you're a pro rider, you can, you can benefit from these things that might give you this, like, 0.01% extra or... You know, like you, you're so you you're you ride at such a high level, and you're so tuned in with your body that you can appreciate the difference between like you know 25 psi and 30 psi in your tires, right? Your average rider is just not that advanced. They just have no ability to to do that. But so if you're if you ride at that level, well then you're like, man, I got to get this bike that does this and this and this, and that's how you end up with these ten thousand dollar bikes, and it makes sense for that kind of rider. But the vast majority of riders are not that advanced. The vast majority of people are just not that advanced. And, but they're buying these $10,000 bikes because they're status symbols mm-hmm. is what it is. And it, you may see that in every fucking industry, you know, and with the guns and knives, all of it. You, like there are nerds that have taken their knowledge and their skill set to the point where they can appreciate the difference in these things. Most of us, we're not that advanced. No. So just give us a fucking $50 knife. Yep. And, you know, we're going to do just as fine. We can't really tell the difference between uh, that and a more expensive one. But, 
you know, if you got some money to burn, and you know, if you if you get Bitcoin rich and you got like millions of dollars, like you're gonna tell me that you would really like if you found a knife, man, I like this knife. I like the way it feels. And like two hundred dollars to you it's is all like it's twenty dollars at this point, right? It's you know, it's relative. Yeah, if you found a twenty dollar knife that you really liked, you know, like, oh, this thing fucking is awesome. You throw down twenty bucks, no problem. Right. So it's all relative. That's, yeah, for sure. But I think that, that's relative, and if you nerd out on something, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, but you do get those people that just like the status symbol. They get in and they're like, all right, they just what's the coolest stuff? What does everybody have? I got to get that. And then that's the fastest way to fast track your way to being the inner circle. Being in the inner circle, and yeah, you see that everywhere, man. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm same. I agree. I, I got that uh, that fucking that Gerber was it the fastball uh, knife? You know, that was like a hundred dollar folder, and I I like that knife. But even that, I'm like, you know. I probably shouldn't have spent a hundred bucks on a knife. Mm-hmm. Like the time's gonna come when I'm gonna lose it. Like I've already mentally prepared myself for that day. Like something's gonna happen to it, and so now I see the value in having like multiple uh, less expensive knives that function and and for all intents and purposes, I can't tell the difference. Um, I mean, dude, knives are so fucking badass. You can get a, the knife that uh, Shiloh I gave to Shiloh that came in that battle box. The retail on it was like twelve bucks, thirteen bucks. That's crazy. And you know, it's a nice folding knife. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's uh. So yeah, knife technology has come so far. It's one of those things that almost makes no sense for your average guy to spend that much money because you don't have to to you get like, to. a I really mean, nice knife. Like the everyday folder I carry at Kershaw, you know, retails for eighty, ninety bucks. Yeah, I got a factory blemished off eBay for like half price for like forty bucks or something. Yeah, like, insane thing. Yeah, and then if I was to lose this or jack it up because I'm trying to use it as a pry bar, or something, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, yeah, that was a dumb move, but I'm out forty bucks. Yeah, you know, nah, yeah. So knives are, are important. It's when Kelly and I were talking yesterday because we we're going on a hike, and she said she's asking like, hey, when we we're going out on a hike, you know, should I have you know my stuff because you have your stuff and, and blah blah blah, and I yes. was like. What I told her is like, well, that's the wrong question. Like, the, the it, what it is is like, what do you have on you, regardless of the situation? It doesn't matter what anyone else has. Like, right. what do you have? You you have a blade. You don't want to outsource. You, you, your, you don't want to outsource your well being to somebody else, right? Even if it's like the odds of you actually needing your, and it's just because that's just what you do. It's not because this person does or doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's totally irrelevant. Like you know, now if I'm bringing my gun. You know, does she need to bring her taser and all that stuff? Like, you know, probably not. You know, like there are some... But you could answer that question the exact same way. You can. You can. Right? But I, I would say that there, there's definitely a point in your EDC where it does start to be affected a little bit by the situation. By, by what does someone else in the group have? Mm-hmm. And am I going to... And am I going to double up on that as well? Right. And so, and there's a certain things that are just like, oh yeah, because that's just what I do. I always have, I always have a knife. I always have a fucking light source, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it has nothing to do with anything else. But then as I move up the food chain of what I actually bring along, you know, and again, I can always fall back on that thing. Like I should just bring everything all the time, regardless of anything. But I think you'd agree like there's. Yeah. There, there, you're like a layered system. Yes. You know, like you, cause you have 
EDC stuff that's going to go in your pockets every day. Right. And then your next your next tier in that system is things that are going to go in like your everyday carry, like sling bag or if you fanny pack or whatever, a bag you take daily. And then you have gear that you're going to put into your backpack. You know, so you have like a layered system. And yeah. it kind of falls into that same equation, you know. Like, yeah. So basically, you basically boils down to like, okay, your EDC, and then if you start getting into like going on a hike, okay, you got you got a layered system there, but then you you then you talk to your hiking partners, like, okay, like I have this and this, you know, and you guys carry this, you know, then you can yeah. then you can you know parse it out. Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, so yeah, it's a. So, but that was that that was the my point was like, there's a mindset though where you're like, well, I this is just what I have. Yep. And it doesn't really matter what the situation is. I just always have this. And then I may find out what else is involved and, and what else I need to bring. But, and that's where, you know, for her, for it's a little different for women, I think, because, you know, we got pockets. Like, you know, everything that we wear has, is, is baggy enough to be able to stash some stuff in your pockets. And, but that's where like, you know, a Patagonia sling bag, you know, she has one of those and... You know, we just need to make it easy for her, though. Like, instead of her having to transfer things from here to here to here, it's like we were talking about. It's like, dude, knives are super cheap. Just go buy an inexpensive knife. It goes in there. Buy a, 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 a relatively inexpensive flashlight. It just goes in there. So you have stuff that goes in that bag, and then that bag just goes with you. Yep. That's the way to do it. Yeah. See, there's no thought that goes into it. Yeah. You have, so if you have a couple different bags... Or whatever it is around the house for different occasions. Yep. And so you got to double up on the gear sometimes. You know, buy a couple headlamps, buy a couple different knives. But so that way, there's no thought that goes into it. You have a little first aid kit that goes in this one, that goes in this one. Because if you go, if you set up a system where you're transferring shit, yeah, you're, you're going to get sick of that, and you're not going to do it. Yep. To where, okay, this is my hiking bag. Oh, this is my going to the grocery store bag. You know, you have this separated like that, like because you know your hiking bag is going to have a few more different things. Yeah. You know, and going to the grocery store. Do you need to take fire starter going to the grocery store? You know, or, you know, and Kinley, right? You know, so your everyday bag that just goes to the store with you is going to have a few different things, but you have it set up like that. Like that—that's the jam. That way, there's no thought that goes into it. You're yeah, just like you do your thought ahead of time, and then when it's time to go out the door, just like boop, oh, this is this occasion. This is this occasion. Just planning to be prepared. Yep, that's it. And yeah, I think that's uh, um, I think that's kind of the, like the important message. Period. But like one of my, you know, the take homes from that or takeaways from that course was, you know, yeah, in that community, a lot of times like the firearms and stuff really take the, the oh, this is what I'm doing to take control of my self-defense and stuff like that. But it's like, all right, you know, but what else are you doing to plug all these other holes? Because the odds of you needing a gun versus the odds of you needing a flashlight right and it's like do you have a flashlight well why not like why do you why do you not carry uh and I, I was guilty of this man i didn't you know carry a lot of this shit for a long time and you you, you manage to get by you figure out how to get by you, you know it, it's it's we don't live in a world where the consequences of not having these things is death mm-hmm. right there was a time when so it was you, so you get soft you get soft you, exactly but when you start carrying the stuff like one it, it does it's we, we were talking I think you mentioned it. You like said something like, "Dude, being prepared feels cool," or something like yeah. that. It's, it's like a it's like a nice warm blanket. It is because you know that this situation could go quite a way sideways, and you would still be okay. Yes, it just it gives you a greater margin for error. Yeah, you know, they, most people walk around to where if anything goes slightly outside of what they're expected, they're fucked. 
Yeah. They, they just plain and simple, man. They they don't have a good like if they get a flat tire, you know, out where there's no cell phone service, and they don't have a good pair of warm gloves to change your tire, you know, and like a good jacket to put on, like things like. Like, you could turn that experience into a miserable fucking experience. Yeah. To where, or it can turn it into a survival situation yeah, where it didn't need where to. Where it didn't need to. Where yeah. if you, you had a rain jacket, a good pair of work gloves, and a headlamp, and you get a fucking flat tire out on a mountain road to where there's no cell phone signal and AAA ain't coming, <laughs> boom, you can rectify the situation in 20 minutes. To where if you didn't have a few simple things... You're out there with your cell phone. That could be freezing. Freezing. Like, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, if you just would have put a little bit of thought into this, yeah. your life is just, you're back on the road, no problem. If not, it could turn into a life-threatening situation. And I mean, I guess we live in the mountains, so you, you take these, you got to think about these things yeah. a little bit more. You know, and my job is always, for the past, you know, 10 years of my life, has put me into these type of situations to where I got to think about these things because we're out there, I'm out there in some of these locations to where there ain't nobody around. You know, there's, and I'm on my own to get by. And so you got to, you got to think about that a little bit differently. Yeah. I mean, but if, if you you don't put yourself in those situations, you get soft, you're like, what are the options? You should, but I mean, you, I think you've mentioned before, like you, uh, you're way more prepared than compared to your fellow, yeah. most of your fellow drivers. Most of my, most of my co And they're in the same position, mm-hmm. whether they recognize it or not. Like, you know, yeah, they've been able to get by, but they're, so you do need to think about it, but unfortunately, most people don't. Nope. They just they outsource their safety and well-being to yeah. everybody else. Yep. yep. And the, you know, man, the thing too I realized uh, the other day is that learning these skills is important because it's it's not just you, right? Like you can be a force multiplier. I like these fucking terms from the fucking tactical world and all this shit, right? So me teaching Z, like maybe I never need this skill, right? Right? Maybe I never have to use any of these skills that I learned, but I'm teaching him Z. Well, maybe Z needs it. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't learned it and taught him, he wouldn't have had it. Or maybe he teaches someone who ends up needing it. And so, like, it's you learn these skills for yourself, but also because, like, you having the ability to do it and then pass it on to someone else, and they might use it. And so if you never learned it, like they would fucking die. So it's not just for you. Like you you learning these things and you passing them on is important because like I said, you you're you're multiplying the force of, of what you're our learning. Society, of yeah. Our society, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And on some level, like it's a this is something that goes back to the dawn of time. Like, you know, fucking teaching people how to start fire goes back to Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And like teaching people how to you know, use knives to, to, you know, create things out of sticks and, and wood and then, you know, or, or edged uh, implements, you know, and then using fucking cordage and stuff. Like, these are things that, man, they go back and, and someone taught Kevin, right? And, and someone taught his dad and someone taught his grandpa and someone taught that guy. And, like, like there's a fucking line back and if, like, if we stop learning these things and passing them on because we just assume that like they're not necessary or someone else is going to do it, like dude, that line can be broken. Like if Kevin hadn't had become a wilderness survival guy and passed that shit on to the people that he has, like that line that would have died with him. And it's like, man, you, you we kind of owe it to the people that came before us and learn these lessons the fucking hard way to 
learn them and pass them on and keep the fucking knowledge going down the line because at the end of the day, this is the shit that really matters. This is the shit that's going to keep us alive when the thin veil of society gets pulled down, like, you know, which it can in, in like a survival situation. Like you're saying, you get fucking flat tire on a mountain road and, you know, okay, how are you going to handle this, this situation? And so, like, that, that thin veil of society, like, oh, I'm always going to have cell phone service. I'm always going to have someone to come rescue me and help me. Let's, let's fucking pretend, man. I'm glad, the, I'm glad it fucking la- works most of the time, but it's pretend. Mm-hmm. And that shit gets pulled down. And it's like, all right, do you have the skills to fucking survive it? And so, yeah, it's, we, we owe it to ourselves and the fucking future generations to keep that chain going because people learn fucking those lessons the hard way. And, uh, but anyways, yeah, I just thought that was kind of... Uh, it is when you think cool. when you think about that on a, the bigger like the grand scale of things the bigger picture of things yeah it, it's it's important yeah it is really important but the way the world is nowadays like the importance of it gets diminished and then it just gets forgotten yeah we're like oh what are you paranoid yeah they, you, you get put into this weird prepper yeah you know category like oh this fucking guy yeah, that's where like I, that that my insight like man I may not need it but I may teach it to someone else who needs it so it's like it kind of takes it away from like well I'm not it it's not the prepper because the prepper is usually worried about themselves only right or their family unit you know what I mean like they're they're preparing for themselves to have to do these things and you know that's where things can get a little weird. But it's like, man, I'm learning this because, like, man, I hope I never need it. But I may teach it to someone who needs it. And if I hadn't learned it, that person that might not person learn would, it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it may not have anything to do with me. So, yeah, it's a little bit of prepper. But it's also a little bit of, like, man, I want to make sure that I'm passing on skills that may help other people. Because people need these skills. Mm-hmm. It, like, the odds are low. But someone, someone still at some point needs these skills. Mm-hmm. Every day, someone needs these skills to survive. And, you know, hopefully they have them. <laughs> Better to have them than uh, not. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's like you say about carrying a tourniquet. Like, yeah, some people look at throwing a tourniquet in your everyday carry bag as a little excessive. But guess what? If you need a current tourniquet, you really need a tourniquet. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, oh, I could kind of use a tourniquet. <laughs> I could kinda, you know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty fucking yeah. black and white well, situation. Let me run home. I got yeah, one in there. No, no, like... It's not that big of a deal to carry one, and the odds of you ever needing one are pretty fucking slim, but what if? Yeah. What if? What if? And for a $25 purchase, you throw it in your bag, you forget about it, and it's there. You yeah. Just, it's, it's there, and you come up on a car wreck, and you can help somebody. You could, that little, just that little thing could save somebody's life in a really easy measure. Like, you pull over, and there happen to be a car wreck, and someone's bleeding the fuck out of their arm, and... Instead of just trying to like put pressure on it, boom, throw that thing up on their arm and just tighten it up, boom, you could, I mean, that simple action could just save somebody's life. Yeah. Just like that. That was one of the things that I was really surprised to learn is that, again, I'm not trying to like underscore or over, you know overstate anything, but like it's not super complicated to be able to help someone who really needs help in a medical situation. Mm-mm. Like if they're bleeding out or they have a fucking puncture, you know, in their, their chest cavity or, you know, there's, there's just some really basic things Mm -hmm. that you can do to kind of just help stabilize the situation a little bit. Like you're not a fucking trauma surgeon. No, man. It gets overcomplicated and intimidating. Yeah. 
do it boils down to stop the bleeding and make sure make sure they're breathing. Yeah, yeah really, it like yep. if they have an obstructed There's airway. Some really great modern and, day tools to help with that. Yeah, you know, those two, and then and then 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 you step it down from there. Okay, try to keep them warm. You know, so on, so over, blah blah blah. But those, it's, it's really easy. It's yeah. not complicated. No man. man, carrying a tourniquet and some fucking quick clot or or something yep. like that is is not difficult. Not expensive. Doesn't take up a lot of space, and it's really crazy. Like yeah, man, if someone really needed help. That you would be able to at least help them until real help can until, get there. Yeah, until trained professionals. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing, man. And and uh, yeah, that like I said, I was I was surprised to kind of learn that. Like I really was like expecting to get into it and have all this like complicated stuff. And it's like, no, man. Once you understand a few basic principles of what to do, it's just a matter of fucking doing it if yeah. if, if called upon. So just be you know, being ready, willing, and able to do it. Yeah, and part of being able is having the tools mm-hmm. uh, available. So that's why, man, I love that ankle life fact. I wear that thing all the fucking time, man. So yeah, I love that. I'm all, I'm looking at. I want to get a little multi tool to shove in there. Like I, I use that thing. I've, I've put a uh, solar blanket in there. Nice. So I've, I've expanded on it a little bit <laughs> from the original configuration. Nice. But yeah, I love that thing because I can throw it on my ankle. And so if I'm wearing jeans or, or something, it's pretty easy. And then, if, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not wearing something that's easy to throw on my ankle. I can throw it in one of those Patagonia bags. And you st- still got all your stuff right yep, there. Yeah, right there. And, it, you know, it folds up real tight into a tight little bundle uh, when I'm not wearing it. So it's easy to just throw in there. So, yeah, I, that thing's fucking awesome, man. I love that thing. But I carry that shit. Uh, like, there's points because I have an IFAC in my truck, a dedicated IFAC. I've basically put an IFAC in my um, my hip pouch, my kind hip pouch that I take on hikes, and then sometimes I'll have my ankle IFAC in the car as well. So I've got three IFACs in my car at, at you know one time a lot of times, and it's just dude, you can't having it staged and stashed and, and available because, like you said, when you need it, you need it. Mm-hmm. So having one tourniquet, you know, in your med kit at home is great. That's a fucking great start, but Man, pay another twenty five bucks and throw one in your truck or your bag and just to have something available. And I was glad to hear him say those rats tourniquets are legit. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's uh They that, work they work just fine. Yeah. I it's, it's again those nerds. Yeah. It's arguing over how much better does a three hundred dollar knife work over fifty dollar knife. Yeah. It, you're getting into the nerd world. Like right. it's good it's gonna reduce the flow of blood. It's gonna yeah. work it's gonna work pretty fucking good. Yeah, well, they're they're because uh, I've got several of those, but they're yeah. significantly smaller yeah. and easier to stash. But it's yeah. almost no excuse to not just throw one of those. In good, your you got bag. kids, kids and pets. They're good for that. Yep. Yeah, man. Being prepared. Being prepared. And speaking of that, let's call that good. Cool. Get Sounds good, here. man. Go train. Okay. Fuck yeah. See ya. See ya.